Hello and welcome to episode number 12 of the Armin Show podcast. That podcast you've been listening to since it's been a podcast. Or maybe this is the first episode. If so, welcome. I would say click like. There's no like button. I would say subscribe. You have to know how to use RSS feeds or, yeah, find it on iTunes. The Armin Show. This one is about... So I finished the last book, by the way, Scale by Jeffrey West. Potential interview on the way. I'll let you know. Aside from that, new book, Behave by Robert Sapolsky. Fabulous. It's called Behave, the Biology of Humans at Our Best and Worst. I'll be more presentational as I'm mentioning these things because this is a podcast and you are people. So this book is about what leads to a behavior or action from seconds before it happens, minutes before it happens, days before it happens. What leads up to it biochemically and in the brain across time? Which is kind of cool. It shows what we, why we do what we do. We do things for a certain reason. Very deterministic, if you will. He is a endocrinologist. Yeah, Robert Sapolsky. Wonderful. <laughs> He's a professor at Stanford University of Biology and Neurology. And wonder what a book. What a book. So I would like to talk about the first four chapters of it that I have read thus far. Because there is greatness in there. I've even read most of five, but I'll leave that for later. So let's talk about the first four chapters. I hope you're looking forward to this. If you haven't been listening, thanks for joining. If you have, great. Yeah. All right. So chapter one has a little bit of an intro. Chapter two talks about some of the systems in the brain. You got the limbic system, the amygdala, the frontal cortex, dopamine system. Important things to know, amygdala responds to fear, if you will. Can cause aggression out of fear. Where fear is learned in the basolateral amygdala. The limbic system is quite emotionally driven, I guess is a way to say that. It has the SNS and PNS. SNS speeds up the heart, sympathetic nervous system. PNS is the parasympathetic, which slows down the heart as needed. Frontal cortex is where processing happens, makes you do the harder things, the uh, processing section of your brain. And then it has the prefrontal cortex on it, which is the High-end processing, if you will. The VMPFC is the more emotional part. And the DLPFC is the logical center. Just some brain stuff. And dopamine rewards. It's, it's connected to rewards. You do something that's rewarding, you get this little glimmer of light feeling. Uh, synthetic dopamine causes, like, you know, drugs and or some sort of light show. Uh, have evoked unnaturally strong degrees of habituation in current times. If you anticipate reward, well then, that's almost as good as the reward, and sometimes, more often, is better than the actual reward. You get a larger spike of dopamine when anticipating. Huh. Interesting concept there. The pursuit of a reward is actually the most practical way to keep rolling. <coughs> On to chapter three, 
This talks about seconds to minutes before you make an action. Uh, the amygdala, when it processes something, it's not as accurate. The instant processing it does is low accuracy, but it is meant to protect you as a person from harm. It is faster, but lower accuracy. You can use cues to affect people's decisions. Like if it's cold or they're hungry or something of that nature, they'll make harsher decisions than if it's warm for them. A bystander effect, if there's people around, you're less likely to help because you think somebody else will take care of it. So that's a social cue. Now chapter four gets into these wonderful hormones, testosterone, oxytocin, aggression in females, and stress. Uh, summaries of those, most of these hormones, they amplify something that's already there. Like testosterone doesn't create aggression from scratch. It amplifies aggression that's already there in place. It can increase confidence and optimism, lowers fear and anxiety, but it can go too far. You can get cocky and egocentric. It can cause that. It is yeah amplifying, but it's contingent on stuff being there. It exacerbates pre-existing tendencies. When you watch your favorite team win, or when people do, if they have a favorite team, it's about the psychology of dominance, identification, and self-esteem more than the actu uh, actual muscle activity. Which makes sense. When you watch people watch a sports game, this is what we're dealing with. Testosterone rises when you have a challenge, and it doesn't mean you have to be aggressive. It only rises in, in order to maintain your status. So if it's aggression, it's aggression. If, if your status is maintained by kindness, you will be more kind, interestingly enough. So it's not only aggression causing. Oxytocin is the bonding chemical, as we know. The good thing is there's overlap between various books that I read because similar topics, so... You get a good sense of all the parts the more you get into a field. Oxytocin and vasopressin come from the same chemical ancestor. It, you know, imparts like a bonding, like a child bonding. It can happen with a dog. The more you look at a dog, it can, it can feel like you're bonding with it. If you give oxytocin to a dog, it looks at people more who also get more of a feeling of warmth. That's what it causes, and but at the same time, there's a lot of us versus them with oxytocin. It brings you closer to the people you feel are us, but it also makes you harsher to the people who you feel are not part of your group. So there is a counterbalance to this hormone. All, all of the hormones have a counterbalance. And also, they only stress what you already have. So oxytocin makes you, you know, more bonding than you were to the degree which you were. It doesn't generate it from nowhere. Yeah. There's a topic here about aggression in females that can happen. There's different ways the different species females have uh, battled against other females, competing for resources, harassing lower-ranking females, competitors into stress-induced infertility. This is a, that's a rough one right there. Or they might kill infants of others. Lastly, stress. Stress is a big one. It obviously, you feel it. It's a change from homeostasis in the physical sense. 
It causes you to be more fight or flight. It can leave you in chicken with a head cut off feel cognitively. Glucocorticoids are released. Uh, you are more likely to be habitual under stress. Fear is actually learned more heavily when under stress. Stress facilitates learning fear associations, but impairs learning fear extinctions. So under stress, you're more likely to build up a fear that stays for some time. It is hard to unlearn fear because you have to actually, once you make it, a fear in your mind, you have to only counter that by examples of the same thing happening without the negative result to really counter that fear. And that's pretty hefty. That's pretty hefty. Yeah. Uh, so that's about stress. And that is, yeah, a lot of the main things from chapters one to four. The content in this book is absolute gold. Just gold. I hope you enjoy my description of the contents. If you have any questions, you can always message and be like, Armin, this or what's this, which is nice. This is uh, episode 12 of the Armin Show. Sometimes informative, sometimes a guest. Still pretty informative. I could go entertaining, but it's not my general style because entertaining is usually short-term. Yeah, it's short-term. So I can do it, but... It's short term. And we live a long time. So that's the information. Last thing I want to add in. Check this on iTunes, The Armin Show. That's about it. Thanks for listening.